So today we're on part two of our series. Perfectly what? Look at the person beside you and say, I'm perfectly abnormal. So you're just in the right place. Some of y'all thought for years, like, man, I'm, I'm kind of weird. Good. I, I don't fit in very well. Good. Good. We like that. Because that's usually the people God's going to work with. In fact, those are the people God works with. Because normal is not what he's going to migrate toward or, or work with or be intrigued by. He wants somebody who, you know, decides to try to step off a boat and walk on water. That's, that's what we want to talk with. Somebody who, who's, who's willing to go beyond the norm. Someone who's willing to challenge what, what you call normal. And so this morning, we're going to finish up the introduction to my sermon. Last week, I got halfway through my introduction. So today, we're going to get through the second half of the introduction to this being perfectly abnormal. Because the book of Luke begins with this statement, and it's just basically, he's, Luke is writing to a friend, Theophilus, and he tells him, my friend, I have taken time, I have researched, I have done all the investigation, I have talked to eyewitnesses, everything, and everything that I'm telling you is accurate. Everything I'm telling you is exactly the way it happened. That's what makes the Bible so unique, is that you, you look at it and people's like, oh, uh, people just put this thing in. No. People, people just, just a bunch of monks, you know, got, no, it didn't happen like that. There's over 10,000 writings that were written, not counting statements, small writings by the different fathers of the early church. There is so much there. There's no other document in history that was written that precisely within 120 years of the date that everything happened. So when Luke is saying, I'm writing you to the book of Luke, as we call it, when he's writing him this letter, this is not something people like, well, I don't know if that happened or not. Everybody knew this happened. This was not a, a debate. This was not a question. This was not just, just, it was like, these folks are still alive. I talked to them. I was there. It, 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 it all happened exactly how they said. It was not, no, well, I think this. No, that, that lady with the issue of blood was healed. That, that guy who, who was, had palsy, he got up, got his bed up. We have eyewitnesses, a whole house full of people. I checked it out. He got up, picked his bed, and walked home. When you're listening to other people, it's because they already have made up their mind and don't want to have any confusion with facts. Listen to me. It happened the way it happened, which means you better be a little abnormal. Why? Because the very first story that we deal with is a man by the name of Zacchaeus or Zechariah. Zechariah is a high priest and he's old, too old to have kids. His wife is too old to have kids. And he's been a priest for a long time. And we talked about this last week, so I'm going to brush through it. But it's his time to go in to do the work of the priest. It's his time to... And he's done become normal. We talked about that. That you reach normal when you don't have no more expectations. When, when there's no more expectation for anything. You, anything can become normal. Marriage can become normal. To the point to where you can do it five or six times. It's just normal. I marry one, get tired of them, go get me another one. It's just normal. Marriage is marriage. 
Or you can have an abnormal and incredible, and look, somebody walk up to you and say, how long have y'all been married? 45 years. Man, that's, how did the world did you do? You can be abnormal. And we said that the word abnormal is usually used as a negative term, but in the dictionary, it's not negative or positive. It just means that something is different from what everybody else says is regular. Superman, abnormal. We think of it in a bad way. When the Bible says it, what it's wanting you to do is be beyond in your mind, in your life, in your actions, to be beyond what the normal world lives. So let's pick up where we left off. Zechariah is praying, has been praying. He's in an altar of incense. It's his turn to work in the church for a while. And all of a sudden something happens. Go with me to Luke 1 beginning at verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Look at the person beside you and say, that's not normal. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth would bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth. See, here's the moment where Zechariah is supposed to do what you just did a few minutes ago when I told you, have you got a word? Okay, you need to plant that in your heart. You need to write that on paper. You need to make sure you don't lose it. Your mind will lose it. Your mind will say, oh, I don't know later. I don't. If you don't write it down, if you don't say at that moment in time, God spoke to me and I put it down. And now 30 years ago, sometimes over nearly 40 years ago, I'm still looking at the words that were spoken over my life and they're still as true today as they were then. Zachariah had been spending his entire life praying for an answer every time he went to the temple. In fact, the Bible says there's people at this time praying outside and there's people praying like Zechariah inside and they're all praying, God, send us a deliverer. God, we're under Roman rule. God, everything is bad. God, my wife, we've never had children and I've been praying for years that you would give us children and, and, and God and Zechariah has reached a point now in his life to where if God did show up, he's not excited, he's scared. The thing he's prayed for, called out a hundred times, Gabriel shows up and says, I'm here. What are you doing here? I'm here to answer your prayer. And Zechariah should have pulled out a pen then because all of a sudden he starts to not just say, hey, you know, you're going to have a child. Oh, no, no. God's specific. He starts to list it. He should have had a pen and a paper and written just like this right here. His name will be John. And he's going to bring you and your wife great joy. I'd be writing that down. John, his name is John. He's going to bring me great joy. He's going to be great for the Lord. Oh, he's going to do great things for the Lord. But don't let him ever drink wine. He's never supposed to drink any wine. He's supposed to be totally removed from that. Okay? No drinking in the house. Ever. He will be born full of the Holy Ghost. 
going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He will have the spirit of Elijah upon him. He's going to walk like Elijah did. And he will prepare the way for the Lord's coming. He's going to be the forerunner for the Lord. He should have written all of that down. He should have been inside that temple going like this. Oh, I'm telling you what. It's fitting to get good around here in Jerusalem. God has finally answered my prayer. Can't wait till me and my wife. I got some good news for you, honey. But if you stay too long and normal, that's why some of you have a word and you still stood back there a while ago and didn't bring it to an altar. You know, one day I want to be a nurse. Why didn't you bring it? Well, what if it don't? Oh. Well, you know, I, I, I really want to see my family brought back. Why didn't you bring it? Well, what if it don't happen? And that means God failed. Don't fail him before he fails you. We do that way too many times. Listen to what Zechariah says. Go on to verse 18. Here's this man of God working in the temple, going to church, singing the praise songs, doing everything. And here's what he says. And Zechariah said unto the angel. Now think about it. He's talking to an angel. How shall I know this? For sure. In our vernacular is, come on, man. How in the world is this going to happen? For I'm an old man. My wife is old. and you, I mean, he doesn't just throw himself under the bus. He said, look, my wife way too old. I'm way too old. She's too old. It's not going to happen. He's talking to an angel. He's not, he's not praying this, Lord, I know I'm too old. No, he's talking to an angel who's sitting there glowing. And, and, and Gabriel, who's the, one of the archangels, and he's telling him, I don't know where you got your information, Gabriel. But whoever gave you that information didn't know what they were talking about. Because apparently you showed up the wrong time to the wrong priest. And here's what Gabriel says. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. And I love that. You know, I can just, sometimes you just love to be in a room with somebody. You know, it's just like, he's just like that, like, I want to pop the back of your head moment. Think who you're talking. I am Gabriel. Where do you think I just came from? That's what he tells him. He said, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and to bring you these Glad time. You should be excited. You should be fired up. You should. What in the world do you mean? It can't happen. Who do you think you're talking to? But don't we do that? Pastor Lot preaches something like I'm preaching right now, and all of a sudden it runs through your brain. You know, we might commit. No, no, no. Don't be thinking of the crazy like that. Why? Because you're so quick to already have written your own statements on a paper on your heart. We're too old. I've gone too far. You don't know my past. You don't know the family I was brought in. You don't know what I did. You, you don't know how I struggle. I, I'm not like everybody else. You got all of this written on you. And every time God tries to raise you up, you pull out your list to say, but God, my list... God's like, you got to throw that list away and quit relying on your list every time there's an opportunity to do something for God. If that's the case, I would have never, 
I'm not educated enough. I'm, I'm, I'm not talented enough. I get up here and sing, and I can't read one piece of sheet music. I can't tell you one note from another. I don't know what a C or a G chord is. I just know when it sounds to where I can hit it. I'm like, whatever that one is, play that one. Because that one I can sing in, and, and that's all I need. God said, that's all I need from you. And Zechariah says, we're too old. He says, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you to bring you this. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Why? Because you did not believe my... See, here's the problem. The enemy says, what I want to do in your life is I want to hold you in silence. And I want to hold you in silence until it either passes by or when it happens, you can't enjoy it like you should have enjoyed it. And now, yes, the moment happened. How many times have you ever, uh, in, in my life, something would be coming up like, like okay, there's a, there's a test coming up. And, and so I know I got to take this test and, and I'm praying and I'm, God, you got to help me. God, give me, just give me wisdom. Just, just, just open my mind. And, 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 and my mom would look at me and say, all right, Tim, I need you to speak it now. I don't, I don't need you just to pray it. I need you to speak it. And, and, and I'm like, I hope it, no, 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 no. Tim, I need you to speak it. Hey, I'm going to pass this test. Hey, I'm going to pass this, this class. I'm going to go pass this. I'm going to make it. I'm going to overcome it. And, and that's the hardest part because if I don't speak it, when it happens, somebody's going to look at me and say, well, you got lucky. And let me tell you something. Then when you look at them and say, oh, no, I knew it all along. Yeah, right. See, it don't count then. It only counts on this side. It only counts on the side where you got the word, but you haven't got the product yet. That's when it really counts in life. Otherwise, you have to be quiet and hope that you get lucky. Even if it was God, he'll get no glory from it. He gets glory because we bring the sacrifice of praise. We speak things as not as though they are. For without faith, you cannot do what? Please God. Somebody say, well, I'm trying to live right and please God. That don't please God. Well, I, I, I ain't drinking, smoking, I ain't doing nothing. That don't please God. Well, I try to dress, I don't please God. Now, don't get me wrong. Those things are important because... As you draw close to God, He's going to change and transform you. But that's not what pleases God. You can be a beggar on the side of the road and, and somebody look at you and say, man, it must be bad to be who you are. Because I grew up watching, listening, like we sung the old songs today, the, like the Florida boys. And one of their favorite songs to me was Hallelujah Square. In fact, they called that whole station and called that, that program the Hallelujah Square time. But you know what that song was about? He said, I once saw a blind man stumbling along, just beating along, and I looked at him and said, oh, I feel so sorry for you. And he said, the blind man just spoke to me, and here's what he said. He said, don't feel bad for me, for I'll see all my friends in Hallelujah Square 
What a wonderful time we will all have. See, he wasn't able to see yet, but he was already declaring. And that was what I grew up hearing was people declaring things before they ever saw him. People saying you're going to be healed in altars before the doctor ever gave the report. People being able to say, I know God's going to bring my kid back home way before the kid ever sat beside them. And I grew up watching that and I thought, that's what I want. I don't want some church pew. I don't want just some church roll. I don't want that. I want whatever it is they got I want to be able to speak something that is not as though it is I want to be able to believe for something that I don't have yet but I believe God is bringing it I want to dream things and people say that's crazy but God says you're going to get there I'm sorry maybe I'm just a little weird maybe I'm just a little abnormal But I'm perfectly abnormal. I fit the bill for what God is looking for for somebody. For what God is looking for to create a champion. But a lot, I'm not a champion, neither is Zechariah. But he's trying to make him one. But he ticked Gabriel off. Gabriel said, Fine. You want to be quiet on the matter? Then I'll let you be quiet. You're going to be quiet all the way up to the time he's born. And you're not going to utter a word. And and the interpretation is, not only could he not speak, but he couldn't hear. Because the Bible says, anytime somebody was trying to communicate with him, they would do signs. They couldn't talk to him. He couldn't hear, and he couldn't. So, So you say, well, pastor, how bad can that be? Well, let me show you. Because the very next thing that we read is that Zechariah finishes his work at the, at the church, goes home, and guess who gets pregnant? His wife Elizabeth, this old woman. But guess who doesn't get to look at her and say, oh baby, I can't wait. Who, who, guess who don't get to say that? Guess who gets to sit in the chair every day watching Elizabeth walk by every day, and she's like, But he can't hear. He can't say, thank you, God. He can't say anything. For five months, he watches her grow. Six months, he watches her grow. He doesn't even know that at the same time, over in another place, there's a young girl by the name of Mary who's getting the same situation Zachariah got. An angel shows up. And an angel looks at Mary and says, you're fixing to have a baby. You're fixing to have a child. But, but I want you to notice the difference. Listen to Elizabeth when God speaks and does something for her. Go to verse 25. And understand, Zechariah doesn't get to hear any of this. Elizabeth is happy. She's having a child. Here's what she says. Thus the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. She wanted to be able to look at him and say, baby, we've been wanting this for so long. Thank God he finally gave it to us. And you can see Zachariah sitting there. I wish I could thank him. I wish I could say thank you. I had my chance to say thank you. I had my chance to brag. He gave me the word, but I wouldn't believe his word. 
Now I'm sitting here in silence watching you, watching your mouth move, but I don't know what you just said. Listen to Mary in verse 35 through 38. And I wish I had six weeks just to preach on this one chapter. The angel comes to her says, you're going to have a child. Here's what it says. And the angel answered and said to her, because she said to him, I don't understand how this thing happened because I don't know any men. She's not, she's not, she's not the same as Zechariah. She's not saying, I don't know how you're going. That's not, she's just trying to like in her mind, like, all right, you got to explain this to me because I don't know any men. And the only way I know you can have children is we got to, you know, we got to meet. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Think of how crazy this sounds. Mary, you're going to be sitting in your room one day and the Holy Ghost is going to come in the room and all of a sudden you're going to be pregnant. What if you told somebody that? You're just going to be sitting in a room. The Holy Ghost is going to come in and it's going to become like one of these moments we have around the altar. It's going to be so powerful, but it's something that is going to happen. You're going to be impregnated with the King of Kings. Tell me, that wouldn't mess your mind up. How are you going to tell your mom about that? Mom, I'm telling you, I ain't do nothing. Quit lying to me, girl. How are you going to tell your fiance, Joseph, later about that one? Joseph, I'm telling you, I ain't know nobody. Yeah, right. And Mary's hearing all of this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the highest Notice now, the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has already conceived a son in her old age. The angel says, hey, you don't believe me. I'm telling you, Elizabeth down the road is already pregnant. And this now is the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God... Nothing will be. Look at that person beside you and say, I don't know if you know this or not, but there isn't anything impossible to God. Just tell them, I don't know if you know this or not, but there is nothing impossible to God. And that's what the angel told Mary. Listen to what Mary says. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord let it be done to me according to your. All that was given was a word. And you either believe that word, rejoice in that word, and be glad for that word, or you are like Zachariah sitting there wishing you had. Why is this important? Because guess whose house she goes to next? You've got to see the picture. I know a lot of times in the Bible we don't, but he's trying to paint the picture. Here's Zachariah sitting on the porch. Guess who comes walking up the walkway? Mary. Mary's come to see Elizabeth. And she just looks at old Papa. Hey, hey. I know you can't hear me. Are you doing okay? And she walks by him. And when she walks in the door, 
The Bible says, she says, Elizabeth, where are you, Elizabeth? And the Bible says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, the baby inside Elizabeth jumped. Whoa, I done heard something. Zachariah can't hear it. But the moment Mary said, I come by to see you, the baby inside jumped. And Elizabeth then starts to extol and begins to prophesy. But the Bible says, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost at that moment. I'm telling you, there's things happening. And yet, here's Zechariah, because he would not believe the Word, is sitting on the porch. Wonder what's going on in there. Has no idea that Elizabeth is looking at Mary saying, Oh, the mother of my Savior is here. I know it may not sound like, but that burns me because I'm sitting on the porch and I can't hear and I can't speak. All because I wouldn't believe what he told me. And on the inside is laughter and rejoicing and they're hugging necks and, and she's touching Elizabeth's belly and she's like, oh, I know you're excited. And she says, I am. And, and she said, I can't believe you are the one that's going to carry the Messiah. And she said, I know I'm blessed. And we get into Mary's long eloquency. I know I'm honored among all women and I, my name will be and all this. And they're talking and all this is going on. But what we forget is sitting on the porch. Zachariah, the one who was supposed to be the one who started it, who was supposed to have come out of the temple that day and say, God is fixing to do good things. Instead, he came out of the temple that day and couldn't hear and couldn't speak. Point one. The only point for today. Your faith. Your faith has to grow beyond silence. It has to evolve into a spoken word. You got to get past, I hope so. I'm thinking... It's got to get to a point to where you have spent enough time with God to where you know the word that needs to be spoken. Now listen to me, I'm not so charismatic that I'm telling you just start speaking words and it'll come true. That's not what I'm telling you. You start laying hands on people saying you're going to get pregnant and you're going to have this. and You're going to end up in a mess. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you stay long enough in the presence of God, you're going to get a word. It may not be as big as you want, it may not be, but it'll be a word. God is a talkaholic. He is going to and fro looking for somebody he can talk to. And somebody who will hear what he says and turn around and say it to the next person beside him. He is notorious for it. You've got to be able to hear a word in faith and have the courage to speak it before it ever is seen. For without faith, you will never please God. Zechariah, his problem is he can't please God. He's a priest. Doesn't matter. He's, he's like 
in the line of Aaron. Doesn't matter. Elizabeth can. Mary can. But Zechariah hasn't got it yet. But hold on. Brother Lot, why is it so hard to do it? Let me hurry. Go with me to Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. Let me explain to you what has to happen. This is why it sounds simple, but it's not. Here's what Romans says. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now, let's be honest. What tribulations are you going through? Ain't nobody in here going to starve today. Most of you got air conditioning. If you don't, it's cool enough outside. You can roll your windows down on the way home. Nobody in here is, is living in a third world country. Nobody here is worried about somebody blowing up their house today. We are a blessed people. So, so what is your struggle? I'll tell you what your struggle is. Living in America, there's only one struggle. It's the struggle of where I am versus where I know I'm supposed to be. It's the only struggle. We try to make it air. Oh, I'm the wrong color. I'm the no. There, there's if if you're if you're a Hispanic person and, and you're you're an American and you got this man. There's all type of programs that send you to school and get you. The only the only problem is is how am I going to get from here to it? There may have to be some miracles. There may have to be some people help you along the way. But we read stories all the time of it. We applaud the people who overcome, who go beyond, who don't just sit down. No, our biggest struggle for every one of us in this room is where I'm at versus where I know I'm supposed to be. And not only that, but we also glory in, so what do I do? Well, thank goodness for the struggle. The struggle is what makes me who I am. The struggle is what begins the process. The, the struggle is what separates me from those with no faith. So I embrace the struggle. Then what? Knowing that tribulation produces... I don't know when it happened. Maybe when I was 12 and I started putt-wooding. Maybe when I was 15, I rode around half the day with my uncle in his truck for 20 bucks. I don't know where all of it began, but somewhere in all the struggle of life, working all summer long so my dad could buy me a $1,000 car, and that was my lime green Monte Carlo. And people would laugh at me and say, that's what you drive? That's it. That's all I got. And I'm thankful for it. All I know is I can tell you of the struggles of where I lived and where I grew up and what all I went through and all the trials. And I can tell you I would not change any one of them because it was the struggle that somewhere in all of that taught me perseverance, taught me that I don't ever quit or give up or slow down. Maybe my personality rubs you wrong. Maybe my personality ain't like you. But I can tell you this much. If I line up with you and we say we're going to do something, you'll quit on it before I will. 
I promise you that. Because I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm not slowing down. I'm 50-something years old and I'll still run a race with you. I'll still get in shape and do something. I'll still jump out of an airplane if you want to. I don't care what it is. Why? Because I haven't got that old yet to believe that I've got to stop right here. Some of you are half my age and you already stopped. Some of you don't hurt half as bad as my body does. And you already quit. Tribulation is a good thing. It teaches you how to not quit. It teaches you perseverance. What if I got a job I don't like? Show up on time and keep working until God opens a better door. You don't quit and sit home and eat off your mom and dad until something better comes along. No, you keep working until somebody walks in one day and says, man, I like the way you work. Look, I own this business downtown. If you ever think about leaving here, I'm thinking about it all the time. Well, let me tell you something. I got a job for you. And you just raise your hand and say, thank you, God, that you got me out of one and brought me. But you do it the right way. Tribulation produces perseverance. Here's what it says. Perseverance then produces... See, our generation... This generation now is like, I am what I say I am. No, you are what you do. And if you ain't doing nothing, let me tell you what you are. You're a lazy bum. I can't believe you told me that. Give me a piece of paper. I'll write it for you. I don't know how many times your mama messed up and told it to you wrong, but trouble produces your perseverance your perseverance then produces the character that people know you by when somebody looks at you they say man that tim lock been through some stuff yeah i'm gonna tell you something he's tough as a corn cob yeah i trust that dude yeah that's the way you earn it that's how you earn it that's not me. I'm just, I'm just reading the Bible. Is it okay if I just read the Bible? And perseverance produces character. And character then gives you this hope. What we try to sell in church is hope. You can't give hope. Hope has to be purchased. Hope. Now salvation is free. But to get to the point where you hope in something, you got to go through something. That's like a football team right now and all this thing. Man, you can, be, you can be in these games and it can be rough and you're bleeding in the knuckles and man, somebody's done hit you and your head's ringing and all this is going on. But you did all of that practicing and you did all of that struggle and all of that practice and that fourth quarter all of a sudden starts and guys have got bloody knuckles and are hanging in by a thread, all of a sudden you'll watch them and they do this. What are they saying? I'm not giving up yet. I got one more quarter in me. I got one more because it produces, yeah, but you're 10 points down. But I got hope that we're going to overcome this. I got hope that we're going to win the game. We don't quit in the third quarter. We don't quit at halftime. We quit with the final buzzer. And until it goes off, I'm determined that winning is possible. Produces hope. Now, hope does not make one disappointed. That's where God gets in. When you get all that going for you, God says, don't worry. I'm not going to disappoint you, Tim. 
because the love of God has been poured out on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Let, let me show it to you real quick in a couple other places. James 1, 2, and 4. Just to show you, well, he's pulled this one scripture out. No, I didn't. Every writer in the New Testament writes the same thing. I just read Romans. That's Paul. Let me read James for you. Here's what he says. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Here's what he says. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces... This is James. It's not Paul. This is James. A whole different writer. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking... How about try it again? Peter... Let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1, 3-9. Here's what he says. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. In other words, He gave you His Word. Now what are you going to do with it? Here's what it says. By also, by which we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith and virtue, knowledge. In other words, know what you know. Stand on it. Believe in it. If he gave you a word, don't let it go. That's what he's saying. To knowledge, self-control. Allah, patience. Learn to be patient. Control yourself. Don't, don't lose your mind. Don't quit your job. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and about... In other words, if you're continually growing in these things, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you get things done. Back to Zechariah. Go to verse 57 of Luke 1. It's a sad story. Almost. But Zechariah sits there for nine months. Almost 10, probably by the time they have the child and conceive the child. and For almost a year, he's been sitting there. You know what's been going on in his mind? Oh, well, I guess I blew it. Man, I'm telling you, I just totally made a mess of all of this. Nope. He's thinking, if I ever get a chance... If God ever gives me a crack in the door, I'm running through it with everything I got. I'm not doubting, slacking. I don't care who asks or don't ask. I'm telling you, I'm in it, both feet. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered and she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. So it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by his name, his father, they would have called him Junior. Junior the Baptist. That was what he would have been. 
Junior the Baptist, Zachariah Jr. His mother answered and said, No, his name will be John. That woman done gone crazy. She need a t-shirt. She's perfectly abnormal. So they made signs to his father. So, no, they couldn't talk to him. They, they had to make signs. So they, they scribbled and wrote and held a sign up and says, what is his name supposed to be? And I love this. And he asked for a writing tablet. And I can see that old man. Mm, I've been waiting 10 months for this. His name is John. And he held it up. I don't care what anybody else says anymore. I don't care if I'm old and my wife is old. I don't care what all the tradition and all the hoopla is about. I know this much if God ever gives me a word in ever before, I am going to hold to that word and I don't care who it ticks off and I don't care who it makes mad and I don't care who turns against me. I'm going to hold on to God if everybody else leaves me. His name will be John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was open, his tongue was loosed, and he spoke praising God. He didn't say, thank goodness, I finally, no. He just said, oh, I got my voice back. The first thing I'm doing is praising God. I got my answer. I'm praying. There's some of you in this room, there should not be anybody that could outpraise you for all God's done for you. You sit there like, I'm just doing my life. And you know what God brought you out of. They ought not be able to tie you down in church. The moment they start singing about, I feel like traveling on, you ought to just say, I've got to walk a little bit. I'm telling you, I've, I've been walking with, I, I can't stand. The moment they start singing about praise, you ought to be just jumping and you ought to be moving and you ought to be. Not because anybody else cares but because you know you know my life was perfectly abnormal it's not like anything you could have imagined what God brought me through to get me here will you stand Well, that's my introduction. Do you see now why it's so important before I go any further in these teachings? It's so vital that you get in your mind that I am abnormal to this world. But I'm perfectly abnormal. You mean you talk to a God? Yeah, and He talks back. That's weird. No, it's just good. You mean you pray and believe He answers? 
I believe He hears everything I pray and I believe He walks in front of me. I believe He opens doors for me nobody could have ever opened. And I believe He closes doors that nobody could have closed. You mean you think He has a plan for your life? I believe He has a plan for every life. I believe not one person was ever a mistake or just happenstance or a one night mess up. I believe everybody's life was meant to accomplish everything that God intended for it. For somebody in this room, you're not a mistake. You're right on point. You're right where you're supposed to be. And God's got an incredible plan to take you from where you are to where in your heart where God has spoken where you're supposed to be. But like Zechariah, you can get so used to just normal. Just settle for normal. And just say, God, I know how to hear, but I, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to let it pass me by. Because I'm really not sure you can do it. If you're in this room today, this is your, your moment of decision of what this next year, this next doctor's visit, this next season of your marriage, this next season with your children is going to be. You can, you can spend it criticizing and ridiculing and reminding God of how bad it is and what they don't do right. Or you can begin to write down on paper what God says. Maybe it's a statement that... that you and your kids will be closer than they ever have. And, and you're going to have feel like everything in the world is going to fall apart when you write that on that paper. You're going to say, Lord, as ever since I wrote that, it feels like, Lord, everything's gone wrong. That's okay. You go back to that paper every day and you reread it. And you say, God, I'm not letting that go. If it takes 10 years, if it takes my deathbed, I won't ever let you go on that. That's prayer. That's, that's, that's that relationship with God that you go through the trial, you go through the perseverance, and it produces your character. And it produces your results. With every head bowed, Father, before we go into what we as Christians look like differently than the world. Before we jump into all of that, it doesn't begin there. It begins that we are different because we are in a relationship with a living God who hears and answers and directs our steps through His Spirit, through the sacrifice of His Son, and through the power of the Father. Nothing is impossible to us. 
If you speak it, as the song said, if you speak it, I have it. If you speak it, I'll possess it. Let your people today, let them write it down. Even though it may seem like it's going to happen a million years from now. Let them praise you for it on this side. Let it change their words and their character. So that when they see it for real with their own eyes, they can smile and say, I told you so. I told you my God never fails. And you will get the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, if you get a chance, give that devil fits this week.